0: And Aggie, South Carolina, for the second consecutive year against Texas A&M, looking to do something they've never done. Last year, it was simply beat the 12th man. This year, it's win in College Station at Kyle Field in front of the 12th man. And as you guys saw last week, I still have a sliver of hope, a sliver of optimism, a sliver of belief that, you know what? We've seen this before, that South Carolina, when they're backed into a corner and everybody thinks the season's over, it's a wash, right? After Florida last year, 38-6, we all thought the season was over. There's still this small part of me that wants to believe that, similar to the Tennessee and the Clemson games, that the Gamecocks will rise of the occasion, rise from the ashes, and do the unthinkable, or at least what feels like the unthinkable. And I approached last weekend's game with that energy, with that emotion, and made that pick and picked the Gamecocks to beat Missouri at Farrow Field. And looking back, how silly was that? That, that was a silly, stupid pick. That was a silly pick, guys. No other way. There's no other way to slice it. I think we've got to stop talking about it. I'm speaking to myself, too. But I think we've got to stop talking about the Tennessee and the Clemson games and, and talking about, man, you know, when South Carolina's dead, that's when they rise. Like Almost like Carolina being dead is a, is a sign of positive things to come. Tennessee and Clemson last year, guys, they were great. We're never gonna forget them. Wouldn't trade them for anything. But those games are like in their own category of of just results in a sporting event. Like I, I, I've never really seen anything like that. A team be so porous and then be so great just seven days later. But what you have to factor in, guys, is this: this is a completely different cast of characters than the team that did that last year. Like when you look at the roster guys, it's completely different. So I think to continue, you know, to, to say that after every South Carolina beatdown, well, you know, man, like you saw what we did last year after the Florida game. Like at some point it's like, that was the anomaly. That was the exception. It's not the rule. Carolina getting their brains beat in isn't a sign that, you know, it's darkest before the dawn and winnings on the horizon. No, it's a sign this football team stinks. And this football team, guys, this football team stinks. There's just no other way around it. This team is just not good. This team does not have good players. They get a few, but they don't have nearly enough. This team is bad at so many things running the football, protecting their quarterback, stopping the run consistently, stopping the pass at all, special teams has been off, questionable coaching decisions. I mean, the list, injuries, the list goes on and on and on and on. The only thing that this football team has to hang their hat on is Spencer Rattler. And on the road, he's no good. On the road, he's terrible. And the offensive line can't protect him worth a lick on the road either. I was fooled last week, guys. I was fooled last week going into Columbia, Missouri. I was fooled into thinking, you know what? South Carolina, they're going to rise to the occasion. Streaks are meant to be broken, right? Missouri's won four in a row. Here comes the Gamecocks to play spoilers. And what I forgot to take into account was that this is a bad football team. This is just a bad football team, guys. There's no way around it. This team getting to six wins will low-key be a miracle because of what this team has, because of what this team is fielding. It's a bad football team across the board. Now, Texas a and no world-beater, okay? Texas A&M is, is not Bama. They're not Georgia as bad as they want to be. They're not, okay? They've got their own dysfunction with Jimbo Fisher, Bobby Petrino, DJ Durkin, Steve Adazio, that entire coaching staff, a star-studded lineup of coaches. But they've got their own dysfunction. they got their own problems. We've seen it time and time again. And obviously, Connor Wegman going down early in the season. Max Johnson now with the helm. But there's one thing that Texas A&M, guys, there's one thing they don't lack. That's talent. They don't lack talent, man, across the board. They've got talent everywhere, literally everywhere.
1: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
0: What are the psyche of these two teams? What are the psyche? What is the psyche of each of these individual ball clubs? On the South Carolina. I mean, guys, South Carolina season has officially gone off of the freaking rails. It has. When you got a guy like Xavier McLeod, a four-star signee, who's quitting in the middle of the season because, what, he's not playing enough? He was asked to travel, and he didn't want to, so he got booted from the team. Like, then, on top of that, you've got a coach going on social media putting out a cryptic post that is an obvious shot at the kid. Like, dude, things are in disarray. We talk about Shane Beamer's culture and and everything he's done, and he's done a great job fixing the culture, guys. But that culture, it's going to be put to the test the final month of the season because the more the losses pile up in this day and age, in this instant gratification, transfer portal, NIL, you just wonder, are guys going to have a foot out the door? Are guys going to be checked out? Are they already checked out? Are they done? Does a guy like Spencer Rattler consider his future? Do some others do the same? I mean, you don't want to believe it, but guys, we're just in this world where you cannot rule that out. As we've said all week, you look at this game specifically, the matchup you circle in red is South Carolina's offensive line against the Aggie defensive front, the front seven. And the Aggies, They're fantastic on the defensive line. They're fantastic at linebacker. And they're pretty damn good in the secondary as well. Solid in all three phases. All three three levels, I should say. Texas A&M, tied for first nationally in sacks with 29. Gamecocks rank 127th in sacks allowed with 31. Doesn't bode well. And I don't think this is the week that South Carolina's offensive line is all of a sudden going to figure it out. The Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends over at Twisted Tea. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea, or go to GameTime.co and when you do create an account and use promo code SpursUp. That's SP or S U P for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. When you've got injury on injury on. In, like, as I've mentioned many times, you're in a position right now where you just got to show up Saturday and look around and say, okay, who can play? Who's healthy enough to go? Like, when you're having to get tight ends in to play tackle in practice, you know you got issues. You got problems. We don't even know what the health is of the of the offensive line or the offensive front. Who in the world's going to play? We have no idea. Even if you were healthy, guys, you'd probably be starting two true freshmen. On the road at Kyle Field, I don't care if it's an 11 a.m. kickoff or not, doesn't bode well. Spencer Rattler has been a different quarterback on the road. Doesn't bode well. Xavier Leggett, coming back from a concussion. Is he 100%? We shall see. You certainly need him. Can you generate any semblance of balance in the running game? With that Texas A&M defensive front, it feels unlikely. So it feels like another game in which Spencer Rattler, it's all going to be on him. How does Dabble-Loggin scheme around that? Then defensively, you're in complete disarray. And maybe, just maybe, this disarray, right? Pressure makes diamonds. It also makes rubble. So which way does it go? Rumors starting to circulate. This is kind of a Marcus Satterfield situation of last year where, you know, hey, Clayton White knows he's getting the boot. Expect to hit, you know, expect to see different calls from guys like Torian Gray and Travian Robertson, and there's going to be some different voices in the in the defensive room. That could be a great thing. That could lead to different results. That also could be the beginning of the end. That also could lead to pure implosion. That also could lead to, I mean, but to be fair, it can't get any worse, right? And then special teams. I mean, Kai Kroger has been a shell of himself. Mitch Jeter's done his thing, but Kai Kroger's been a shell of himself. And you just haven't gotten those game-changing turnovers, and you haven't gotten those game-changing special teams plays. Guys, I I somewhat drank the Kool-Aid last week. I did. I did. I I wanted to believe. I don't know if it was my garnet and black blood or what it is, and I'm someone that I pride myself on staying grounded and keeping things realistic, and I failed you. So I apologize for that because that was – I picked with my heart, not my head, and that was a foolish thing to do. That was a fool's errand I committed, and I will not be making that mistake again. Because you can keep waiting. You can keep sitting and waiting for the miracle to happen. That's what Tennessee and Clemson were last year, the miracle. You can wait for the miracle all you want. But hope isn't a strategy. Hoping that South Carolina is going to rise from the ashes and rise from the dead, and it's not a strategy, guys. It's not a strategy. And that's all South Carolina has in this game to hang their hat on, is, well... We rose from the dead last year. Could we do it again? Not a strategy for success. And certainly not a strategy for success against a team like Texas A&M that's loaded with talent across the board. So, as Shane Beamer put it after the Missouri game, I think it's another long day at the office. I think Texas A&M is able to impose their will on both lines of scrimmage. I think South Carolina will struggle mightily on both lines of scrimmage. Guys, what should the over/under be for Texas A&M for sacks? Five and a half, six and a half. You gave up six sacks to Missouri. This is a better defensive front. I'm gonna call my shot right now. Texas a registers. Seven sacks. Spencer Rattler spends the day running for his life. The stat line reflects that. I could see a few turnovers coming from QB one. I don't think South Carolina is ever going to be able to get anything going on the ground. You're short-handed at receiver. You're short-handed at offensive line. I think you sputter all day offensively. I think South Carolina's team total should be, in my opinion, over under 13 and a half. I'd be surprised if you scored more than that, if you scored more than two touchdowns. On the offensive side, Texas a isn't quite lethal offensively, but I think they'll chip away, chip away, chip away. And as we've seen in the past, guys, as we've seen all year, this Gamecocks defense, it's a great defense for you to have a career day against. And I don't know if it's going to be Anaya Smith, Evan Stewart, Max Johnson, Le'Beon Moss. Somebody for Texas AM is probably going to have a breakout game. And with that being said, I do think it's another woeful Saturday for Gamecock Nation. I think it is a game in which, similar to Mizzou, I think Texas A&M jumps out early. I think South Carolina struggles the entirety of the day, and AM rolls. I love the Aggies, by the way, minus 14. Love the Aggies, minus 14. The only hope South Carolina has in this football game is Texas a own incompetence because South Carolina doesn't have the roster good enough to beat the Aggies. The only thing that makes this game close is Texas a incompetence. I think Jimbo Fisher, it's been malpractice in College Station. The results he's put on the field with the talent they have on that roster. I don't even think he can mess this up. I don't think there's enough dysfunction to mess this up for Texas a and I think they roll the Gamecocks in College Station. Lock me in. Give me Aggies 37, South Carolina 13 in a game that which, again, guys, I, I think it is A struggle from the start. I think the Gamecocks are blown off the football on both lines of scrimmage. Texas A&M will impose their will. And I wonder, does the will of South Carolina get broken in this football game? Do we see it start to fade? Do we see guys start to quit? Do we see guys start to mail it in? It's human nature. Hell, Xavier McLeod just quit midway through the year. Don't tell me it can't happen. Hope's not a strategy, guys. Hope's not a strategy. You have to be realistic with yourself. You have to look at what South Carolina has on their roster. They simply don't have the horses to compete in this one. They just don't. They just do not. Flat out, point blank, they don't have the horses. They don't have the talent. They don't have the ball players. And that's an indictment on Shane Beamer. And it's his job to get it rolling again. But that's an indictment on Shane Beamer it makes my blood boil thinking about it the failures in the portal the, the 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 making this fan base believe going out and getting fcs linemen and and this slap dick from d2 and this slap dick from this fcs school is good enough to go win a game in college station bullshit and you're going to see it in full exhibit on the field on saturday